0: Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today. I'm super pumped to hang out with you because I got my friend, Rusty Dykus, coming to hang out with us today. And... He is a former agency owner who sold his agency and started his own marketing company using the marketing techniques he used to grow his company and even some old school marketing techniques that helped him to save his company before he eventually sold it and got into full-time marketing. The guy's main vertical is the insurance space. So I can't wait for you to hear some of his ideas, some of the things that his company does and some of the things that he did and just some of the advice he gives uh, to agencies in that space. Before I get into the conversation, I want to talk to my friends back here at Smart Choice, the fastest growing agency network for a reason. No lengthy contracts, no upfront fees, or even monthly fees for that matter, and they help you in bonus and contingency sharing. But what I love the most is um, they don't work off of anything other than a commission split, and that's only off the carriers they bring to the table, not your existing stuff, what they bring to the table. So whether you need one market, 10 markets, or if anything in between, or if you just want to... Uh, visit with them about helping you grow your commercial or your personal or any specific niche. They love to help in that area too. Go to SmartChoiceAgents.com. Also, let me talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. Your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. And now, not only are they doing personal lines, but also commercial lines. They've got the referral thing locked down. They've got uh, the, the everything—the commercial, the personal—they've got it all locked down. They know what they're doing. Uh, this guy, uh, Tolga and his team, he's brilliant. His team is brilliant. They're growing rapidly. Uh, go check them out. If you need an easier way to get deck pages, an easier way to get lost runs, an easier way to do any of those things, you got to go to usecanopy.com. Use backslash heath, and you will get. You like that? Use backslash heath, and you will get a discount. And uh, you can book your demo if you go to that website. It's amazing usecanopy.com backslash heath now uh, let's get into today's show with my main man Rusty Dykas. sit back relax and enjoy this episode Rusty is my main man how are you doing sir doing great how's heath man i am good this has been a long time coming we've been trying to get this thing recorded for a minute now
1: yeah man it's it's been like months if i'm not mistaken
0: (laughs) yeah it really has been so uh, how's your world treating you
1: oh it's been great um recently just sold a a bowling alley and uh trying to downsize some of my rental properties just trying to make life a little smoother for a little while yeah there
0: you go so you were a bowling alley owner
1: I was, I owned it for a little over three years and uh, man, I, I got immersed in it, went down to Houston to the BPAA, learnt, went to the museum, learned all kinds of things, visited a lot of different bowling alleys, you know, just immersed myself in the, the concept of it and um, kept a, uh, a company that's been around for about 50 years uh, yeah. from going yeah. under and uh, redid it. And then, Sold it. Um, I'm just just trying to downsize some of my businesses. Um, I own several still. Own a a car rental company, a construction company. Just recently sold a real estate company and an insurance company and two restaurants and a bowling alley. So I'm trying to to downsize my my business counts, so to speak. And uh, I'll probably invent something new here soon. But (laughs) there you go. (laughs) That's what I
0: What I do, Uh, serial entrepreneur. Serial entrepreneur, I was about to say that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I I love that. And uh, I think the audience will love to hear it. So before we dive off too much into that, let's let the audience know who you are. Let's take a walk down memory lane and you take me back as far as you want to. And then lead me up to today. You don't have to do like birth. That might be weird, but as far as you want to.
1: (laughs) Well, let's go back to... um... Uh, when I really started my professional career, um, I worked for a company called Caruso. We made um, apparel and sold it to companies like Walmart, etc. I ran half the company—marketing, uh, sales, administration, etc. Um, it was my passion. I loved it. It's—it was a—a uh, a dream come true. I did that for 23 years, and uh, you don't hear those stories very often. But um, it was—it was kind of my my bread and butter, and uh, in a lot of different ways, it filled a lot of my my niches, um, that I personally needed. And, uh, it was just good. The one thing that the owner did for me was he, he pretty much just gave me half the company and left me alone. And I just went out and did what I thought was right. Build new companies within that one company and started new projects. And I just grew things. I, I was an entrepreneur within a corporation and that's not normal, but it worked. And he and I worked great together. And, uh, but then one day, 23 years later, I got bored and uh, so I I went out and quit and I started an all state insurance agency and you know I'm a professional, I know what I'm doing, right? And I went out and uh, jumped right into sales and marketing, which is all I've done my entire life. Whoa, was I in for a rude awakening. It was not like anything I've ever experienced before. It was maybe the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and uh It didn't work. Um, I spent the first four months in my brand new company failing. And I knew it was failing after three months. And at four months, I'm like, I'm in big trouble. And so I went out and I interviewed um, seven agents that have been in the field for 30 plus years. And truthfully, it was a fruitless encounter. But through those seven conversations, I came up with this idea. And uh, I started another company. And I didn't know I was at the time. But um, I shut down my sales and marketing office for two months, and we sat in the conference room, and I had my kids there, and my wife there, and all of my employees, and we hand wrote twenty thousand mailers a month all by ourselves, and we put them in the mail. And I was just honestly praying, it's just like God, if this is real, you know, let's uh, show me the action. And uh, long story short, fast forward about three months, and it started to work, and. I was like, "Wow, okay, cool." And this just might actually work. I might be able to pull this off. You know, we'll fast forward a few more months, and I'm sitting here, and it's Christmas, and I literally just like, "Okay, guys, we're done." It's I didn't. We're, we're not going to make enough to stay on tier, which is what Allstate called it, in order to make yeah, yeah. enough money to pour all the bills in. And I was like, "We're finished." So we we shut down um, my sales office for two weeks at Christmas and um, I came back, it's January 1st, pick up the phone and there are 10 voicemails from my mailers and we wrote most of them
0: and it well, saved cool. my company. That's and,
1: cool. Yeah, we just, we, we kept going. Of course, you know, eventually I, I made an entire company out of this, um, but the handwritten direct mail saved my company, saved my Allstate company. And um, we continued on, I sold my practice a couple of years later with the Allstate and everything was good. So that was kind of how old school kind of started. Um, since then, I've um, I started an independent insurance agency. I've sold that, um, was in the real estate business, owned a uh, United Country real estate company and sold that off. Had a couple of restaurants. Um, the restaurant industry right now is in fire. It's not a good time to... Uh, <laughs> Um, to be in the restaurant business. And uh, so I sold those off, sold my bowling alley. And I'm down to just a few companies at this point and trying to realign and figure out you know, what the future is. But old school is my passion. It's what I love. I love sales and marketing. And uh, that's, that's what this brings to the flavor. So it's, it's good. I'm, I'm doing what I love. And that's part of entrepreneurship. If you're not doing what you love, what the heck are you doing anything for? whether you're working for yourself, working for somebody else, yeah, life is too short. I, I can tell you my 30 some years of working experience, um, it feels like about five years, not 30 years. And it just goes really fast. So as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as marketing and salespeople, you know, if you're looking up one day and you don't you're not doing what you love. Why are you doing it? Because money doesn't really mean much. It's, it's, we got to have it. We need it. It's good to have, but at the big time, the big, big picture perspective, it's family, it's kids. It's, are you happy? Are you jovial? Are you having a good time? Um, Because if you're, if you're waking up and you're not doing those things, it's time to make a change. Yeah. So yeah, yeah just no, I, some I thoughts.
0: No, yeah. I, I absolutely love all that. There's so much to unpack within your story. And I appreciate you sharing that. And there's a lot to be said, you know, and I love a good serial entrepreneur uh, because there's got to be a lot of room in there for good ideas and bad ideas and for things that work and things that don't work. And to recognize that takes a lot of humility and it takes a lot of understanding of who you are and what works and what doesn't and being able to just be real about those things. So I, I love that part of it. We can unpack some of that and then I also, uh, you know, I think it's, it's quite interesting you talk about the business leadership and you talk about different, you know, acumen there and things of that nature. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And what you brought up, you know, and I've always lived by the, the mantra, so to speak of do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. And yep. so, you know, for me, it is sales and marketing. I've always loved that. And, you know, um, within, my career it's always been one or the other sales or marketing and uh, you know, a lot of times they come together in one you know so especially in the insurance industry and you found that you know so tell me a little bit uh, going back to that let's just park there for a minute during that insurance journey whether it was independent all state doesn't matter the name on the door just you know what what did that look like for you as you started doing the direct mailers and uh, you saw 10 or 12 the first time and then as it grew you know did you have to hire more staff what was the response? you know why do you think people resonated so much with the direct mailers because people have been doing them for years, but what mm-hmm. made yours different? Special
1: um, Okay, so first off in the insurance space, um, what we started with was home mailers. so there's a cadence to it. We're hitting what they call X dates um, with home mailers and so I'm hitting a very targeted time frame when the mailers were going. Um, our call to fame, and we have about 200 employees on staff and we actually handwrite the envelope. And it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it really is. And what it feels like from a consumer perspective, the consumer gets it in the mail and they see an envelope. It's a plain number 10 envelope. And um, it looks like grandma sent somebody something in the mail, some money yeah. or something. So, I mean, in the direct mail space, the hardest thing that we can do is actually get people to open it or to read it and to look at it. Right. Well, because of the way we do it, it looks like grandma sent somebody some money in the mail and they open it and good things happen. Um, so is and the envelope it, handwritten too? Yeah, only the envelope. What's inside it is often not handwritten. Okay, I got well, you. We do that as well, but the bulk of what we do. I got uh, you. So it does
0: look, look like grandma. I got you. It
1: makes sense. It really does. I mean, it's it, it's a handwritten envelope, but from I a, love that. a consumer perspective, they're looking at it going, hey, this agent really does care. They spent yeah. the time to actually handwrite an envelope they don't know it's me or my team. Right. They think it's the insurance agent. So, that emotion that goes along with it is part of what calls us out from the rest of the direct mail companies um, and puts us into a space that matters. So, one of the like, we started doing some some interesting things here recently. Yeah. Um, so, we, we do the same thing we got the envelope, the mail that goes in there, but we started writing little post it notes. And we put the post-it note on top of the mailer that's inside the envelope. And it just says, hey, thanks for taking a look at this. I think it can save you some money. Rusty. Very yeah. simple, right? right? Well, that post-it note, it's kind of like a little, it's a little flappy thing. and It just kind of flaps there and it looks more customized. And in this space, I mean, and you guys, if you're in the sales and in the, in the marketing space, you know this, and that is customization today means more than ever before, especially with like COVID. You know, everybody went and crammed themselves in a the house for a couple of years. They didn't get out and do anything. Today, it's more important today to be customized and to actually talk to the person in, you know on the other end of the phone or whether it be by the direct mail. You right. need that custom approach to everything that we do. Custom today, even in marketing, like if you're doing running ads on Facebook or LinkedIn, the more customized you can make those ads. So it's like, Heath, I'm talking to you in my ads. You got to have smart ads. You got to have video up. Things have got to be more personalized and more customized than ever before. And a lot of that comes down to the emotions of the human that's out there. They've lost that touch. We yeah. don't go to the movies anymore. We don't go bowling anymore. We don't go do anything as, as as humans. What do we do? We go to work and then we go home and we sit in front of a TV and we play a game or we watch TV. That's our life. We don't do stuff. We don't get out. We don't talk anymore. We're not out on the front porch with our neighbors playing with the yep. kids in the yards. We've lost a lot of our culture and a lot of that yep. human touch. Well, old school marketing, that's kind of my dream and my vision. Yeah. Is, you know, how do we continue that customization, that personalization touch and get that brought back into whatever sector we're talking about? But in the insurance space, it's even more so important because we're you know, the insurance is part of the financial sector, for sure. Um, at the same time, everybody hates insurance agents. They don't, they don't want to talk to us. It's an expense until you need it. Um, right. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not a fun conversation, but if we can create that emotional touch with our consumers, that's 90% of the battle. And once the, that, we're, that customization is there, you've started that touch process. And um, today, I believe it takes anywhere from 30 to 40 touches to actually turn somebody from a cold lead to a yes or a no. I'm not saying you're going to close that lead, but it takes 30 to 40. It used to be between 14 and 20.
0: Today yeah. It's
1: more. It, it's, a, it's a massive amount of touches that it takes. to right. And some of it has to do with AI. You know, you know, AI was introduced into the sales and marketing space about six months ago. And there's so much content being delivered out there. It's really watered down a lot of our sales and marketing effects. So we're going to have to work even harder. And it's going to get worse. It's not going to so. Get
0: when you say those 30 to 40 touch points, um, you know, someone who listens right now just might be overwhelmed by that number. But yep. to me, that speaks to consistency of being out there on social being out there in the community being out there you know at the soccer games or at the you know um, chamber of commerce event or having a trade fair booth at a local association and the handwritten note a couple of times throughout there and this it's not you know, uh, it's not just strategy at one person. It's like the, a consistent strategy with the public eye, right? That's exactly right.
1: I, I I get this a lot. Agents will come to me and they want me to save their company. I I want the the magic bullet. I want the one thing that's going to make everything work and and money just flow in. I'm just going to tell you, go to Disneyland and yeah. enjoy Mickey Mouse because that's a dream. It yep. doesn't exist. Um, marketing and sales today, it is of a more a holistic approach. And you've got to do a lot of things. And a lot of it comes down to, are you a local company? Like a lot of yeah. things you were just mentioning were local. Or are you a national company? Or are you international? And so you've got to go put several different methodologies of marketing and sales in play in order to hit those touches that I'm talking yeah. about. You know, some things like email marketing, social right. marketing. You know, Are we on LinkedIn? Are you on Facebook? And not every social medium is for you and your company. Exactly. Do you, You don't need to be everywhere in the social world. You only need to be in some places in the social world. But we can help you decide that or you can decide it on your own. But do you need billboards? Are you at the soccer game? You shouldn't be at the soccer game if you're a national company or international company because soccer is local. But if you're a real estate agent, you should be in the soccer game. Bingo. Yeah. High school games. So you got to go design that. but. Yeah, direct mail is only a piece of the puzzle. And so we can help you landscape out your entire marketing plan, or you can use this just for little segments of what's going on that's out there or go find another kind of company that'll do it. And the truth is there's no secret sauce. We handwrite and we print and we stuff envelopes and we put a stamp on it and we stick it in the mail. Billboards, you can go buy your own. You can do it yourself or you can hire companies to go do it. But a lot of times what I see is um, um, lack of organization, lack of structure, and non-consistency. And so as a small business owner, that's why I get hired a lot of times. Um, People don't have time to just deal with marketing. And marketing is, it is a strategy. Heath, you know this, it, it takes time and you gotta have, what's the right content? What are the words that we're speaking? How are we saying those things? Whether it's text, video, live meetings, webinars, et cetera, it doesn't matter. What are the words that we're using? Is it going to get picked up? is the content rich? Is it what people want to listen to? Right.
0: And yeah, you know, and I love this topic on on the marketing and the content you put out because, and I've been known to say this on the podcast a lot. So um, those who haven't heard it and those who have, sorry, but those who haven't, I am a huge, okay. If you're the, if you're the agent that, okay, we got what 4th of July is the next big holiday coming out. If you're the agent that posts happy 4th of July, you know. Our rates are like fireworks. It's blasted, whatever. It might, or happy 4th of July, buy insurance from Dicus Insurance Agency. Or whatever it might be, stop. Right. Or Merry Christmas, ho, 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 buy insurance from us. No, don't do that. You know. Let's get some creative stuff. Let's get some organic posts. Let's really have some fun with this. At yep. the same time, show personality. It doesn't have to be all professional all the time. And not everything has to. I, I know one guy that I follow just because it's so bad. But he'll be, you know, you know, I'm at such and such restaurant eating dinner. Uh, Our rates are so yummy over here at this agency. And the next day, it may be like (laughs) having a beer with my buddy. I'd love to have a beer with you. Buy insurance for me or at my kid's soccer game. We'd love to kick the rates out of here. whatever it might be. It's like everything he posts relates to insurance. Like, no, man, let's show some personality, show who you are. Right. And, you know, again, if it is a soccer thing, maybe show, you know, some highlights from the game, you know, and just, hey, proud to be a supporter of the, you know, Dykas soccer tournament, whatever it might be. Um, I just think you got to have a little fun with it. And I think it's got to be organic. It's got to be specific. And if you're not, you're too pointed on one thing. I think you're going to lose your audience.
1: Yep. All of what you just said is true. I I would even argue this. I would say of the content, if you're if we're talking digital content, um, very little of it should be professional. Right. It ought to be very organic. Um, We're not. I mean, even like you and I sitting here talking right now, you know, 50% of this podcast, we're not going to sit here talking about direct mail and stuff that's going on. We're going to have a conversation about stuff that's real, what's going on in the industry, what's happening, those kinds of details. That's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear about, hey, I can save you a dollar on your insurance policy. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody Nobody
0: cares. cares. We're at a mid-roll ad, a mid-roll ad, and I love it. Uh, Guys, I am so happy that you are hanging out with us in this program, because I want to talk to you about my mid-roll ads, and that is with CoverDesk. CoverDesk is the premier solution for virtual assistants. Guys, if you're looking to offload some administrative tasks, if you're looking to improve your customer experience, um, if you're looking to improve your staff experience, go no further than CoverDesk. CoverDesk has uh, everything that you need. Um, Guys, they train the staff for you. Uh, they, they take care of so much of the training needs. They take care of so much of the back end needs. They do a great job Whether you need one or you need a whole team approach. They've got cover direct to help you with book roles, to help you with managing your book and managing your clients better. Uh, or you can get one or two. Uh, these guys are fantastic. I've used them personally and I could tell you firsthand cover does a phenomenal job. I can give you a, a list of mile long of customers to call for testimonials. Go to CoverDesk.com. Also, guys, it's summertime. It's time to look right and feel good, and it's time to call Manscaped.com. Ladies love it, too. I'm not just talking to the men here. Uh, guys, you, you can uh, go to Manscaped.com, put in the code MAYOR, and you get 20% off. They've got the Beard Hedger Pro. They've got uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. I just got back from the beach uh, for a week, and all my family members, my friends, People that I met just kept asking me what I was using, and I kept telling them Manscaped. Um, They said that uh, my chest and my arms looked great. They said that uh, my beard looked great. you got to go check out. I use these products, and I love them. You will, too. Uh, They've got the Weed Whacker to help you with your nose hairs and your ear hairs and your eyebrows. You just want to make sure you look great, because when you look great, you feel great. Uh, Manscaped is precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and also your face and your chest and your arms and your whole body, everything, go to manscaped.com. You got to check it out. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think you're exactly right on that. And I think, you know, when it comes down to that, you, you mentioned digital marketing. Uh, do you guys do much in the sector of geofencing? Uh, when well, you talked about billboards earlier, I know there's a strategy there with geofencing and billboards and there's some other yep. ones. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
1: So geofencing, just for a quick, uh, you know, tutorial, so to speak. So we'll, let's say we're, we're talking about an NFL football game. All right. So I love that analogy. We'll go out and we'll geofence and basically just imagine I'm taking a pen and I'm drawing a circle around the NFL stadium. All right. Well, there's going to be 80,000 people at that NFL game. Well, that's, Ooh, that's, that's a marketing um, fun right there. So I'm only going to hit people that are, in the jets and the cowboy games right and we're going to be rooting for the cowboys or the jets or whatever's going on Well, we can place ads and only target the people that are inside that little fenced in area so around that nfl stadium eighty thousand people that's the cheapest way to target an nfl game on the planet i can take you know two three four hundred bucks whatever your budget is doesn't matter and we can only target the people within the nfl game or like a real estate agent love this we will do like um, um home shows So they're, they're, they got their pet plants and their stuff going on. And you got to have a lot of people. You need at least about 15, 20,000 people in an area in order for geofencing to, you know, effectively work for you. But then we place ads and we push that, those ads direct to a call to action to CTA um, landing page that tracks everything, builds everything, has forms. Uh, We have pixels installed that track everything that we can legally. Um, thank you, United States government for shutting me down. On <laughs> Used to be able to find everything out. Can't do that anymore, but, um, I still know a lot. It's kind of scary stuff still, but you know, all of that works. Geofencing is fun. It's neat. Um, and what we've done in the past, well, so we'll take a geofence. Let's say we're doing the NFL thing and, um, Heath wants to go promote his podcast to the NFL audience. That's great. So we push them to. Um, a landing page, grab the pixel. We're going to capture probably 20% of the data that's actually in that through aggregation. And then I'm able to do direct mail pieces to the people that hit the ad from the geofence in the NFL game. Thanks for attending the Cowboy and Jets game. It was really fun seeing you there. Here's what I can do for you. So it's it's fun. It's inventive. There's all kinds of really cool things we can do. And so as- you
0: could do geofencing at an event you're not even at. Uh, yes. In fact, And, that's, and that's what people think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People think about that. And so I'm sure there's a lot of geofencing around the Super Bowl or around Wimbledon or around the World Series or right now the NBA championship games. And yep. so uh that's interesting especially but yeah, if you do something if you're hyper local or you only want to do local then find out you know maybe you know you do it at a a big church and you do geofencing around that church and everybody coming out of the church you might talk to them about their auto insurance who knows or the dmv you might put geofencing around the the dmv people that go in and out they're going to need auto insurance they're going to need home insurance whatever Exactly. So what what's exactly. the the first piece of advice around geofencing you would give an independent agent listing right now? Um, call me. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: it can happen. Um, it really does come down to audience size, yeah.
0: longevity
1: and budget. It really yeah. comes down to about those three basic things. Um and once we understand what that is, geofencing it's a little bit complicated the way they currently have it set up. The systems yeah. are not intuitive. It does take a little bit of help to make it all work and get the ads and everything. But I would say this, it's not just about geofencing. Geofencing is just a cool marketing term and really just building a fence around an area and we're capturing data, right? It's all geofencing really is. What's the holistic plan? Right. So yeah, go drop some money. We're going to run some ads and you're going to expect your phone to ring how many times? Probably not very many, but it's going to take time. So it's not just about geofencing. We need to take that geofencing and the data that we get from the geofencing, we got to go do stuff with it. We're going to make it actionable, or we're driving people to a certain event or running ads, or there's, there's so many different pieces. Yeah.
0: I love that you brought up, what are you going to do with that data that you capture? You know, then what happens after that, in your prospecting efforts and whatnot. And I guess that, you know, circles back around to some of that old school marketing type things. And so would you, you you brought up the direct mail piece. Um, Is that something, the handwritten piece, that's something you, you would include even in the prospecting piece of that? Uh, and only the prospecting or even after you capture them as a client too? All of the above.
1: So okay. everybody today is flocking to digital. They're tossing the bulk of their budget into the digital marketing world. Well, wow. That's great. And the ROI on that is becoming harder and harder and harder to get it to actually ROI. And a lot of that comes down to because there's big, massive companies out there dumping millions of dollars per month into these ad campaigns. And us little measly characters that can spend a thousand dollars a month or ten thousand we don't stand out enough so that's the problem with digital space geofencing is a different topic altogether but social Facebook LinkedIn all that stuff it takes a lot of money to make money with the with the direct mail piece we're actually sending it directly to a human whether it be at home yeah. or at a business and it cuts through all that cloud you yeah. don't have competition you don't have ten thousand other companies out there advertising at the same consumer you're getting right To the person, you're either going to get a yes or no immediately. I mean, the call ratios are still not exorbitant, but you're going to ROI almost every time. Yeah. So, but there's a pattern to the whole thing. I I love to sit down with agents and craft craft the right marketing plan. It's not just about direct mail. It's not just about social. And here's the big one: it's consistency. So, a lot of like a direct mail company or social company. what, the, what I see often, it's like they take all their money, they put it into a direct mail campaign, they ship it as quick as they can, they expect it to hit the door, and then the phone's going to ring, and they it's all going to ring in one week. And then they're dead for three more weeks. They don't have any strategy. That's not yeah. what we do. So like our, our core product in the direct mail piece, you come on board with us, let's say you do 5,000 mailers, I drip that out over the entire, entire month based on an X date. So my goal yeah. for you is I'm literally trying to hit a very specific date at the home, but I'm going to drip yeah. that out for you, the insurance agent. So you're going to have mail going to the USPS two to three times per week. Some of my guys have every day. And the, that consistency in that method gets your phone to consistently ring month after month after month or day after day for that matter, versus all at one big whack. So I love consistency. And yeah. it's, in direct mail, it's the same thing with social. Are you running ads every day? Are you keeping them appetite? Do you have? Fresh content? Are you using any video? Is it working in coordination with your direct mail? Is it working in coordination with your geofencing? Do you have a holistic approach to everything? Or are you just winging it, which is what most people People just, I'm going to throw a couple thousand dollars at this and pray it works. Man, you might get a couple calls and that's great, but that's not how to wisely spend your money.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, talking prospecting and whether it's direct mail, digital, you know, marketing efforts, or you name it, you know, whatever their prospecting efforts are in the marketing efforts. Uh, I'm a big cold call guy, stuff like that, but just focus on marketing right now. Um, you know, where what would you say, you know, listeners, like, what's the ROI? Like, if someone sends out, let's say, 10,000 mailers, it still like a 1% return? Uh, are you getting, or 2%, something like that? Or has it changed over the last however long is it less or more than and then great questions well and then follow up from that if you can remember uh if not i'll remind you um just like maybe where you you would tell people to start depending on their budget um maybe start with a high budget versus low budget yep
1: okay so what is the call ratios and i'm just transparently i've seen anything from a 0.1 to a two percent and there is no rhyme or reason to the answer it does come down to and, and so far it's weird stuff like and i it it varies so drastic um saturation is an issue in some areas yeah. so if you have too many marketers doing direct mail to the same place it's going to get watered down even though ours are handwritten you're still competing against more direct mail right which is also true in the social space or whatever a, a topic we're talking about so the more metro the more chance that you're actually going to be competing with some really big hitters in the direct mail space the more rule the better it often is the other thing is um that i've seen is um the more affluent the less direct mail works and you can kind of use some psychology and think through that a little bit yeah um but that's, that's kind of the
0: that's very yeah, interesting Yeah. they
1: don't respond if you've got a lot of money they don't care about saving 100 bucks on their auto policy that's not what they're doing but, but that's when you
0: change to... your messaging though
1: no no they, they still
0: don't yeah. respond
1: They still don't respond. It really, I mean, you just got to put your mind into somebody that has money. They don't care about a couple hundred bucks a year. But you say a couple hundred bucks a year to somebody who's working at McDonald's, hey, I need to save a couple hundred bucks. So that's kind of your differential. If you want to land the more expensive folks, the bigger homes and bigger policies, it takes a different plan. And so there's a lot of uh, understanding of the data. The data is the backbone. Um, we work with some of the largest data companies in the world. We have our own SQL servers on our side, have our own data as well. It's even though we're old school marketing, we are the most digital company you could possibly think of because data drives everything. If you're not harvesting your data, if you're not managing your own data, if it's not in a CRM, if you're not managing that data on a regular basis, it's old within a month. Now
0: on that direct bail piece, um, and I'll let you finish the answer in a minute, but what's the call to action on that? Is there a QR code on there they scan to go to your website or is it call us at this number or is it a QR code to lead you to call somebody with a phone number There what, what's the CTA on that nowadays? I know in the past it's been call us at five, 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 but yeah. has that changed? Sure. So one,
1: well, number one, we're a custom shop. Yeah. So we do whatever our customer wants,
0: literally. I mean,
1: yeah, I've used everything from special smells and scents in order to oh, incentivize wow. people to yeah buy coffee as a great example. I mean, I don't wow. know what that would be yeah. for insurance. To be like, here's the smell of money. But anyway, right. <laughs> everything <Yeah. laughs> everything um, is customized. But here's what I see: a lot of uh, the fun stuff happening. So you take direct mail, and you do you use a QR code and we point them to a landing page. Um, If you're a captive agent, we don't want to send them to your captive website because then most of the time corporate likes to take that stuff and use it against you. Um, So a lot of times we'll build landing pages, capture nets that are out there, funnel pages, and we build that out so that we're capturing the data in the correct way for the agent that is out there. So QR codes goes to landing page, Pixel picks up some of the data, uh, they'll fill out a form. Um, whatever's going on on that side of things. Of course, yeah. we're going to put phone numbers and emails and everything. Um, I'd say the majority of direct mail ends up in a phone call, probably 60, 70%, 20 to 30% will be an email. And then some small number goes to Facebook website and yeah. talks to people. So that's, that's the typical, C- the CTA is a big question that I haven't answered that. So the number one thing on our home mailers and auto mailers, um, it's the number. So we use a custom matrix that we built um, the, the truth is, in the insurance agency world, you can't give a quote without consumer permission because you got to go run a credit report. And everybody knows that. So we're sending out quotes that aren't real. Yeah. You're either good at overcome, overcoming objections or you're going to be out of business. And so my job is to get them to call you, period, the end we want them to call you the agent. We want them to ask you questions. Yeah. We want you to get a real quote to them and then overcome the objections that are going to come at you. So that's the call to action. Call to action is sim- simply a number on a piece of paper. Now that varies if we're talking to dentists or lawyers or yeah, them have their own CTA, but in the insurance space, all people care about is, are you friendly? But what's, yeah. my, what's my payment going to be? Yeah. It really does come to that. Now, when you get them on the phone, you don't want to talk about money. You get them on the phone, we're talking everything but the dollar that's on there. Because most likely it's going to be yeah. hire, it's on the mailer and whatever they're currently paying. Because insurance rates have gone anywhere from 25 to 150% increase across the nation. So we got to get them talked into, why yep. are you doing business with me? Look at the premiums, look at the deductibles, look at the details. Man, you got to have an insurance agent. So you're overcoming those objections on the phone at that point in time. Not talking about numbers.
0: I know you and I have talked several times uh, over the last year uh, and you said, you know, the largest percentage of your customers are insurance agents. That's the largest, the only audience that listens to this show. And so um, you, we've talked a lot about direct mail marketing. We've gotten into some of the digital marketing things. And you and I have had some conversations about AI and you brought up AI earlier. Yeah. Um and that's kind of, to me, it sounds like almost like an oxymoron talking to a guy with his name is direct mail marketing, or not direct mail, old school marketing, but yet he's got an AI experience. Tell me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. So I had this
1: dream, <laughs> and uh, I thought, wow, what a great time to get into the AI market. And I started a couple new companies, and we went out and we built AI robots Literally, and I had five of them running at one time. We dropped about forty, fifty thousand dollars on this test project. And here's what I experienced. Um, long story short, those companies don't exist. I've shut them down. Um, it's been a nightmare. The so, first off, AI today in the marketing space, it's not as smart as everybody thinks it is. Okay. It's it's going to get there. It's it's yeah. it's kind of a dumb AI at this point in time. But basically, it's it's a it's a flow. It's a workflow that AI produces and this workflow kind of feels like this it's um if once we put the data into the engine we're going to send out email marketing at a specific cadence I'm going to start text mailing or text messaging our customers at this cadence if you don't answer by this or you ask this question certain things go on we actually built voicemail automated voicemail drops is you know if they didn't get um if they didn't answer a text and an email within a week Leave them a voicemail. I had a whole—I mean, it was 120 different um, talk paths built exactly. within my AIs. And here's what I experienced: everything from being cursed at, yelled at, threatening us, contacting the states for whatever spam rules these—all these different states have. I ended up spending all this cash, and I ended up with dozens of leads. It was the most expensive marketing project. Dozens. That's project, it. Dozens. That's <laughs> the most expensive project I've ever spent money on that has failed this miserably. And oh, it comes wow. down to this. And, it, and I logically sat down and I was just, just thinking, it's like, how, how is this so bad? But then I got thinking about myself as a CEO and yeah. I get thousands of emails a day, thousands. There's right. so much content, Heath, I can't, I don't even read. I didn't get close to reading. I've, I've got staff that help me read emails. <laughs> so that I can yeah, filter. that's a lot. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just too much, right? Well, text messages every day I get anywhere from twenty to thirty text messages of people trying to sell me something really as a CEO. Twenty yeah, to 30 yeah. a day and you can't tell what's real anymore. No, I'm you in- can't. A- yeah. A- yeah. It's AI this, AI that I'm talking to chat bots. I don't even know what's real anymore. And so people are becoming immune they to are. the conversations. Text messaging used to be for the last year a great way to go. Today. Yeah. It's so saturated. AI has come in and it's just literally so much data. People are being inundated with it. The government's getting you involved. Yep. We're talking $1,500 fines per instance. If it's not opt-in, be scared. And I'm dead serious about that because i hired people to actually chase us down and do that. Um, and that's not fun. Oh, email wow. marketing is slowly coming to a, a dreadful halt. Uh, the consumer space and email marketing is almost zero because they've got so much crap. And now Google, Hotmail, all of them have such great spam filters that you can't get through most of the time anyway. So consumer emailing has really, really stalled out. B2B still is actionable, but it, the percentages are really slow and small, um, yeah. but it does work. But the one thing that continues to cut through the ice is the direct mail. And that's, I I, I use the same methodology within my own company. And we do that through a lot of really neat ways. Um, we, we have what they call intent data. Okay. And intent data or first party data, um, it's a very similar thing. There's, there's different types. So there's, there's zero party data, there's first party data and there's third party data. Heath, if I'm getting too technical, tell me I'll, I'll shut up.
0: No, I'm waiting to you explain it because I, I know third-party and first-party. What's zero? Just okay. Walk through a little bit of that for me for a second. You bet.
1: So third-party data basically is what we, as marketers and salespeople, have used for decades at this point yes. in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's accumulated from county assessors to things you fill out, all kinds of different things. Third-party data is still the most solid um, set of data that's on the planet. It's still there. First-party data means he, you went to a form and filled out something. You went to Google and you asked it a question. You went and did something. You have, Heath on your cell phone, on your computer, if you have a smartwatch, those, every one of those have what they call an IP address. And that IP address follows you everywhere that you go, everywhere that device goes. Well, that's just an IP address. That IP address feels like 104.76, you know, it's, it's an IP address us measly little humans, we can't use that information. We don't know what to do with an IP address. So what we do in the marketing world is we take that IP address and we marry it with third-party data. And so we know that the IP address is Heath, but we don't know anything else. We just know it's Heath. So we take that and we marry it with third-party data, which then gives me data that I can actually use to give you more of what you want to hear about so if you're out there shopping for home insurance auto insurance commercial insurance dog insurance whatever the kind of i'm going to know that on my side and as soon as i know that I'm sending out direct mail pieces. I'm setting up Facebook campaigns. We're tracking you down wherever you are. I've built this entire umbrella around you so that I can pitch you, the insurance agent, to the consumer that's actually shopping. That's first-party data. Zero-party data takes first-party data and third-party data and masks it. It's the way the government actually, they they built a code called SHA-256. SHA-256 actually takes and um, uh build security around all of your information. So Facebook and Google as an example. We use them as, a, as an example. We can't market to Heath anymore. I can't go to Heath and Facebook and say, hey, I want to serve you ads about insurance. doesn't work that way. The government shot all that down. But I can do that through zero-party data. Through zero-party data, I'm going to take all the information that I know about you. I know you're shopping for insurance, Heath, and I know where you did it at, and I know everything about you, Heath. Um, that deodorant that you're using, I'm not sure. You might want to change that. Um, so we know all that stuff about you, but then I'm going to take it, I'm going to protect it with 256 bit character protection around it. We're going to put that into Google and Apple and Bing and everything else. And we're going to market to you, but we're not going to market to you. You're going to get it, but Google and Apple and all of them aren't going to know that it's you. So it's a, it's a tricky way to get around the protection issues that are involved in the world today. So that's what zero party, first party, third party, there's more. But I'm getting deep into the science of. No,
0: it's all good. I'm sure someone there's half the audience is geeked out with you right now, and the other half is like me, scratching head,
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) understand, trying to figure it out, and they probably don't have shoes on either at this point. But uh, yeah, exactly. Shut that guy uh, up. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, okay. So we've brought up a whole lot of stuff, you know, talking about marketing and whether it's old school, new school, AI, what works, what doesn't. So much out there, and I appreciate it. And I, as I've looked up and I'm like, Holy smokes, we've gone for a hot minute now. So, why don't we, uh, before we wrap up, you know, talk talk a little bit about old school marketing for a minute, yep. uh, maybe give some contact info of how they could find you and um, any other things like that that you want to share for the last four or five minutes before we shut her down.
1: You bet. You bet. So, old school marketing, I mean, obviously, you guys have been listening this long. You know, we do home, auto, we do X dates, we're tracking down people very specifically. Um, we we do greeting cards. I love greeting cards. So greeting cards are very um, customized and very personal. Of course, we're we handwriting the envelope, but we handwriting what's on the inside as well. And so we can say happy birthday, um, yeah. whatever's going on in your customers' lives. It's good to follow up with greeting cards. Um, and we do everything custom. I mean, I've talked about that already. So we we literally can do anything from stamps to smells to anything. It, it's what causes the consumer to reach back out to you and have that conversation. So we've got all those core things. But I love talking to my agents about more holistic approach to your marketing needs. Map something out. Let's figure out what's really going to work for you. You don't even have to use me. Yeah, I'm just your coach. And I mean, of course, we can do direct mail. We can do the Facebook. We can do LinkedIn. We can do anything you want me to go do but it doesn't really matter. I'm here to help you. And so I, I, I do, I coach agents all over the country every day. I mean, I'm on the phone, I talk to my team. They, they think all I do is talk to people. So, yeah. um, so, but that's that's what I do for a living. Um, I'm literally coaching people borderline for free. Um, as far as uh, communication, uh, the phone number here is 870-505-6580. Again, it's 870-505-6580. That it comes right to the corporate company. Me, I'm Rusty, at Old School Marketing, and it's spelled O-L-D-E, like the old English, um, because I'm kind of old school in a lot of ways. I have a 1976 Ford pickup truck, no computer installed. I'm that yes. guy. yeah. So <laughs> I, I love am, that. So uh, feel free to email me. Feel free to call. Uh, the team can get you on my calendar. We can have a conversation. And, uh, of course, you can go to OldSchoolMarketing.com, O-L-D-E, SchoolMarketing.com look at what we do. And it's not everything. It's just impossible to keep up websites with everything that's going on. Cause literally every day and I, I tell my team the same thing, what works today probably isn't going to work tomorrow. We always have to be inventing the next big thing. I mean, you can, you can hear that in me is from a, from an entrepreneurial perspective, I'm always inventing the next company. I'm always building the next big thing. But in marketing, I think the same way, just yeah. because direct is working today this way, it probably isn't going to work that way tomorrow we got to think, rethink everything. And we got to be thinking that way all the time. Yeah. So your billboards, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, yeah. all these different things, who's tracking it, who's measuring it. It's the number one thing that most people don't do. They just throw money at things, expect it to work forever. And it doesn't. So we got to be monitoring. got to be measuring, keeping up with things, setting expectations and building new
0: ideas. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. And I've, uh, Check out the website. You and I have, you know, talked you know, multiple times, and I've, you know, explored some things with you. And I, I'm, am a big fan myself, and so I'm glad you're able to come in and talk. And I think, you know, obviously you've shown your chops here, and that you know what you're talking about. And again, a guy who does have that 1976 pickup truck, and and the guy who's uh, doing a company called old school marketing also knows quite a bit about AI, digital marketing, social media, geo-fencing, all the above. So this guy could be a good resource for you and your agency. And he's done it himself and saved his own agency by accident almost. And <laughs> he could do the same for you. So, man, I, uh, I love that you came in to talk to us about that and, um, I mean, I want we'll to bring you back in sometime. I have a feeling this is going to be a highly ranked uh, podcast episode. Let's do it. I'm I'm good for whatever. Let's talk. Thank you so much, sir. All right, brother. Have Thanks a great everybody. Day. You too. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with me and my good friend Rusty in the show today. We had such a great time. Thank you so much, uh, guys. Uh, everybody, uh, you guys keep sending in suggestions. Keep hanging out with us. We're going to make some changes in the show coming up, and I can't wait for you to be a part of it. Please, I'm asking you right now, if you're listening to the show, put a note in your phone or stop right now, hit pause, go to your emails, type in heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Send me any kind of feedback you want to right now. And while you're stopped, while you're doing that, I want you to also go to wherever you're listening right now, rate the show subscribe all that good stuff but guys uh, i want to make some major changes in the show i want to upgrade some things and i need your help so send me any feedback you've got um any suggestions you've got for show ideas anything right now i really need your help right now If you love the show uh, and you're a citizen of Insurance Town and you want to see improvements, do this for me. Also, guys, if you have an idea for your own show, go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.